Amen. Well, there goes my notes. Amen. Also, I uh, wanted to mention, I'm not sure um, what the schedule looks like for the week of uh, homecoming, but we are going to try to meet down here one evening the night bef- uh, before that all happens and uh, do some landscaping. So like on a Wednesday night, or I don't know if we're having church Wednesday night before that or what, but we're going to... Uh, we're going to meet together at some point, so if you want to help do that on the Wednesday or Thursday night before homecoming, we'd appreciate the help. Um, there's a lot of stuff to do around this place. I mean, even just to keep the maintenance of where it's at right now, it's hours and hours for one person, and so the more that can show up, the faster it gets done. I appreciate everybody that's been helping with that. Um, it's, a, it's a work in progress, but we're, we're working it. Amen. So Luke, the 17th chapter is where we're going to be tonight. I hope to keep you for at least 12 minutes tonight. 12 was my number in football, so that's why we chose that one tonight. But God is just so faithful. And uh, as I was preparing my message this this last week, uh, I actually kind of already knew what I was going to speak about before Brother Rodney asked me to to talk. And I shared this with the um, young adults class a couple, a week and a half ago, uh, as we sat outside, just something the Lord's been dealing with me on. It, it, it seems like that uh, as I was preparing this, I, I had to actually go back to my last time I spoke, and, and I thought, man, I already preached that, and I didn't, but it was close. So the Lord just keeps working the same thought, kind of in the same direction for me, and so I hope tonight that you can um, just take something that the Lord is, is trying to pass in my heart and let it be worked in your spirit as well. Luke, the 17th chapter, we're going to start in verse 11. About that, just not yet. That's, that, that's six minutes from now. Luke 18, verse 34. Amen. I love the Lord. And we sang that song tonight. He goes before my failures. Thank you, Lord, for going before that. Amen. Luke 18, verse 34 is where we're going to start. We're going to finish out the chapter. And and uh, I'm sorry, we're in verse 35. And it came to pass that he was come nigh unto Jericho. A certain blind man sat by the way begging. And hearing the multitude pass by, he asked what it meant. And they told him that Jesus of Nazareth passeth by. And he cried, saying, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And they which went before rebuked him that he should hold his peace. But he cried so much the more, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood and commanded him to be brought unto him. And when he was come near, he asked him, saying, what will thou that I should do unto thee? And he said, Lord, that I may receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Receive thy sight, thy faith hath saved thee. And in verse 43, And immediately he received his sight, and followed him, glorifying God. And all the people, when they saw it, gave praise unto God. Amen. Let's just pray tonight. Lord, we ask you tonight, Lord, help this fleshly man to step aside, God, and let your spirit speak to us tonight, Lord. Use my voice, God, to help us to see what it is that you want us to portray tonight, Lord. The words that you would have to change our lives, God, to draw us nearer to you, Lord. And we just ask that you bless this word tonight, Lord. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. This beggar has found himself in an impasse, a desperate moment, where he finds that Jesus is close by, and all he can do, because he can't see, is just cry out unto the Lord, Jesus, or uh, what does he say? Uh, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And they go, oh, no, 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 be quiet, be quiet. Keep your peace. Don't be so loud. And 
All the more, it says, that he cried even louder, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. I don't know tonight if you've ever had that moment where you've cried out to the Lord in that desperation. But it was a few weeks ago or a few months ago, I found myself crying out to the Lord literally. And I know it's hard to believe that Austin was crying, but I was doing it as I was praying to the Lord. And I don't usually cry when I'm praying, but I cry every other moment of my life. But as I was praying, I was praying in this moment of what I felt desperation in my heart. And I was praying, Lord, you've got to supply me with some work. Self-employed people understand this a little bit. Lord, or people who are unemployed, Lord, you've got to supply me with some work. And as I was praying, the Lord just came and answered. And most of the time when the Lord answers, you're like, thank you, Lord. And this time when God answered me, I was like, really? Because as I prayed, I said, Lord, you've got to give me some work. And I just felt in my heart and in my spirit, the Lord said to me, why do I have to provide you with work? And it really brought this question to my mind. Why does God have to provide me with work? Does he have to provide me with the work? See, we've made this, and Pastor touched on this this morning, we've made this this life about Christ all about us. And I'm praying, and in the sincerity of my heart, I mean it. I was just praying, Lord, I need your provision. I need something, God. I've got nothing. I can't, see the, I can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. All I see is darkness. And I'm praying, Lord, please have mercy on me. Provide me with something. And God's answer to me is, why do I have to provide you with what you're asking me for? Man, it really made me start thinking for a minute. Because I was, in my, I was thinking, God, you've got to provide me work because I need to be able to financially support my family. I need, I need the finances, I need the blessing, I need, I need a paycheck, I need all these things to happen. I've got a few bills for my company, Lord, I need the work. And all God says to me is, why do I need to provide you with work? It began to make me think, does Jesus have to provide us with anything? Does he have to give us anything? Even in the cry of our heart and in those moments of desperation when we say, Lord, I need this. I, I find myself so often, and it's so easy because we're, we're so fleshly minded and individualism has completely taken us over, even though we don't, we don't look at it that way, but it just creeps into our lives. Lord, I need. And it's not about what I need. It's about what he needs. And Lord gives us all these things. Don't get me wrong tonight. God provides all of our needs. In fact, that's what I preached about last time is God provides all of our needs, but it's not always in the provision that we're expecting it to be in. And I found myself saying, Lord, I need need work. I need you to provide this work for me. And God says, why do I have to provide you work? And I understood something. After moments and, and minutes of praying and meditating upon the Lord, God needs to give me work because it's what I was meant to do. Not so that I could heap unto myself. And I felt the Lord say that to me. Why do I need to give you work? So that you can heap unto yourself. That's a question God asked. I felt like the Lord asked me, so that you can heap it unto yourself? And I began to think that God has not made me to be able to work. He does not provide me with work so that I can financially have the things I want to get the things that I need or that I think I need. But he's given me work because it is what God has created man to do. God has created us to work. 
He has created us to, to plow the land and the field. He's created us in each thing that we do. And the Lord has challenged me in this, is that the, uh, the opportunity when God does provide me work is not so that I can heap myself under riches and that I can buy things that I think that I need to buy, but that every time I can go out and work as unto the Lord. See, it doesn't matter what we do. It doesn't matter if we're a, a meat cutter at Costco or if we do concrete or if we frame or we're, the, we're a service manager or we sell oil products or we work at Costco or we're at a doctor's office. It doesn't matter what it is, but what God has called us to do as Christians is to go out and work as unto the Lord. And so when the Lord says, I'll provide you with what you need, what we need is to be able to work because it's what makes us be who we are because we do it unto the Lord. I brought, I, I brought this to the attention of the young people, and I hope that after service, Pastor, that you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I look through the scriptures, and I can't find one spot where somebody comes to the Lord, and it's recorded that they say, Lord, please help me with my finances. I don't find it. It's not in there. But it's the church of America that wants us. It's the church. And I'm going to be honest with you, sometimes it's been me where I said, Lord, I need you to touch my finances. God doesn't give a care about my finances. What he cares about is that I work unto him and he'll bless me and provide all that I need in order to bring glory to his name. Not one spot do we find where there's scripture, where they come and say, Lord, I need a touch in my finances. I, I brought this to, the, to the, the college class the other night. There's a few instances that I just want to bring up that we all know about. There's a, an instance where they're giving offering and Jesus is standing there watching and it says that there was many rich people who gave a lot of money and then there was a widow who came up and gave two mites and it's the widow who gave two mites that Jesus stops everything to draw attention to what just happened. And it's be, not because of what she gave or how much she gave, but because of what she gave. She gave everything. She gave all that she had. It didn't matter the amount of it, but it was because her heart was to give everything she had back unto the Lord. We find the, the, the scripture of the rich young ruler who comes to the Lord and says, Lord, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And he says, do not kill, do not lie, do not steal, do not commit adultery. He says, I've done all those things since I was a kid. Lord, what must I do? And he says, fine, sell everything. And give it to the poor and follow after me. I can only find scriptures in the Bible that tell us that the money is the root of all evil. And there is, no, there is nothing that it, it encourages us to pray to God to financially bless us. Do we need those, do we need those blessings 100%? Does God do them 100%? But I'm telling you this, God still is the same God whether you've got money or whether you don't got money. Whether you have work or you don't have work, the thing that changes is our relationship with him because if our relationship changes with Jesus because we have or we do not have, then we really have no relationship with him at all anyway. And this is a harsh truth. I know this isn't, a, this isn't this thing that's going to make us raw, raw. There's not going to be a visitor sitting in the back saying, yeah, tonight. But this is the truth of what God's been telling me in my life. And I don't mean to say that God doesn't care about our finances. I don't mean that tonight. But what I do know that God's been working on me is, is that it doesn't matter what, I'm, what I think I need, but what God is providing for me is the opportunity to do what he's created me to do. I'm no more a man than any other man in this room because of what I do as a job every day, but, I, but we can't be men who are different than all the men we go to work with because we work as unto the Lord. 
In, in Colossians, the third chapter, it says, do it as unto the Lord and not as unto men. It is what God has called us to. And so when I pray now, I'm praying, Lord, give me some work so that I can go out and be an example to those who see me, that I'm working hard every day, that I'm busting my tail every day because of Jesus working inside of my heart. It's not so that I can get rich. It's not so that I can buy nicer things, but it's because I've got a God who deserves more than what I can give him in my own flesh and that by his strength I'm going out every day and doing what I can to be a man. The rich young ruler, he comes and just says, Lord, what must I do? Give everything away and follow me. I think it's just as important in that scripture that the Lord says to sell it all and give it to the poor. But I think it's also vitally as important to that he says, and follow me. Because you can give it all away, but if you're not following after Jesus, you miss the whole point. You miss the whole point of what God's trying to do. We've made it all about us when it's supposed to be all about him. They came to Jesus in the scriptures we find over and over again that they came to Jesus asking for situations in their lives that needed a miracle. We see a woman who's had the issue of blood for 12 years who's getting worse and she comes to him just to touch the hem of his garment. She has something that needs to be touched by God alone. It's not because she needs more money to see the doctors. We see that they come to Jesus and say, my servant is sick, can you... Can you just say the words and I know that they'll be healed? They come to the Lord because they have des uh, desperate needs in their life for Jesus to intervene and to touch them. And so often I've found myself sitting down or standing or walking around praying and saying, God, I need you to touch this and I need you to touch this, when really God doesn't even think that those things are important because everything that God is doing is for him and unto him and because of him. And it's hard for us to see this. It's hard when the Lord tells you, why do I need to give you what you want? That's not easily received. But if we allow the Lord to begin to work inside of our hearts, we understand that God is trying to make us into better people to be better for His kingdom, that His kingdom might grow, and that He receives the glory and the honor that He is due. We always talk about our finances and these people came to the Lord because they needed something that was not going to fade away. They needed something that was going to sustain them. They needed a touch from Jesus. There are moments in our lives where we come to the Lord and we begin to ask for healings. And I believe that God does those. In fact, it was just the other day uh, we were talking and it was been uh, in January. It was going to be 20 years since I got a nail stuck in my eye. And I believe with my whole heart, that it was Jesus that healed it because I didn't go back to the doctor. Workman's comp says, I don't even want nothing to do with you. It was Jesus who healed my eye. It gave me complete vision back, and, and I was blessing the Lord and saying, Lord, thank you, because so often, just think about this for a minute, so often we come to the Lord and we say, Lord, can you touch me in this area of my life? Can you heal this or can you heal that? And the reason we want God to heal us is because we want to be able to go do the things that we want to do rather than being healed so that we can give glory unto Jesus. I'm going to take you back now to Luke, the 17th chapter, where we began to read on accident earlier. In verse 11, And it came to pass as he went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee, and as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. 
And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when they saw him, he said unto them, Go, show yourselves unto the priest. And it came to pass, as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice, watch these, last, these next couple verses, and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. Jesus healed him. And he didn't go away so that he could now do all the things that he couldn't do because he was a leper before. Jesus heals him and the first thing that comes to his mind is to turn around and say, Lord, be glorified. I give you praises. With a loud voice, he says it. God, I give you the praise. You're glorified, Lord. And then he says he falls down on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. And I thought to myself, how many times has the Lord touched me and I've walked away from that situation? God's blessed me. He's healed me. And I've walked away from that place and I have said nothing to the Lord. We've always said, I don't want to be like the nine. I want to be like the one. But I know for a, for a fact myself, I've walked just like the nine. When Jesus reached out and touched me, I've walked away and went and did the things that I wanted to do. And I forgot what God was doing. And that was to give me a healing so that he received the praise. Whether it's our work, whether it's our finances, whether it's healing, it's not done for you. I want you to catch this tonight because this is, this is beautiful. I don't, have, I don't say many things that are beautiful, but this is beautiful. Whether it's work or financial or whether it's healings, it's not done for you. It's done unto you for Him. It's been, it's been done unto you for Him. The things that Jesus does for us are not for us. Catch it, catch it tonight. It's not for you. God doesn't just heal you so that you can be healed. God heals you so that you can have an opportunity to give Him the praise and glory that's due unto Him. He didn't just heal the one leper or heal the ten lepers so they could go their own way. But only one guy caught what was supposed to happen. And that's supposed to turn back to Jesus and say, God, thank you. Fall at my face, Lord. Thank you for touching me. And so many times I've walked away and just went and did my thing. But God does all the things that he does for us. Every blessing we receive, every financial thing that happens in our life, whether it be good or bad, God is there to bring something to us so that he can receive the glory for it. Listen, we know, we think that the enemy is out there or just hoping something bad happens to us so we don't praise Jesus. I got a different perspective now. I think the devil's out there hoping that something good happens to you and that you'll walk away and not say thank you, Lord. Because Exactly the same situation. If you have something bad happen to you and you blame God, it's as if God touches you and you walk away and say nothing. But God has blessed each of us. Each of us in different ways, each of us in different healings. Nobody else's eyes been healed in this place but, that I know of but mine. There's been backs and things and rashes and all the things that God's done and we're believing for a healing for Jake. Whatever that is, it's a healing for Jake's life. It's because it's an opportunity for him and for Rick and for Donna and for this church to say, Jesus, you receive the glory.
And our brother the other day said that we are here in this place in Oklahoma, beautiful for the situation, and I believe that. And pastor said this morning, God's going to use us like a sledgehammer to just break things up, and I believe that. But if we go into places and start sledgehammering things around, and we're not doing it so that Jesus Christ is edified and glorified and praised, we're going to cause a big issue in this place. We're going to cause an uproar in here, and nobody in this community is going to like anything about Echoes of Calvary Church. But when we walk into a place and we say, we're here to tear some things down because Jesus wants his way in this place. We're here to tear things down in this place because Jesus wants to be glorified, that Jesus wants to be lifted up. And if we walk in there with that attitude and with that perspective, then I believe that God's going to begin to raise up some mighty things in his kingdom. The like-mindedness is going to come natural. It's going to come natural because we're coming in there not so that our church, not so that our pastors, not so that us as, as people can, can take the glory for it, but because Jesus wants to receive the glory that's due to him. Jesus deserves all the glory. I was thinking about this, and I'm, I'm closing here, and Your being here tonight is because Jesus wants you to give him praise and glory. Your being here tonight is because Jesus wants you to give him the praise and the glory. Us being where we are in our lives today and tonight is because Jesus wants us to give him the glory for where we are. I, I, I look back and I, I look back at my life and I say, Lord, there's no way. I'm here without you. There's no way I end up here without you. In fact, I, I, said, I said this earlier, but the devil's looking for good things to happen to you so that you don't praise the Lord. I praise Jesus that I can stand before you to now and have a microphone in my hand. Because it's not that I deserve it. It's not that I should be a preacher. It's thank you, Jesus, that you've gave me a higher calling. It's not that I should have salvation. It's not that I should be a Christian or that I'm good enough to be a Christian. It's because Jesus has brought salvation unto me that I have the opportunity to praise and glorify my Lord Jesus. God is calling us. And, he, and we know this. And I'm, not, I'm just preaching to the choir tonight. But God is reminding us tonight that everything that goes on in our life, every blessing that comes our way, is because Jesus wants the glory. Jesus wants the praise. He wants us to actually make Him, He already is God, but He wants us to praise Him like He is our God. Instead of just acting like He's the big guy upstairs, or my bro, or my homie, or some dude, because that's not who Jesus is. He might be to those people, but that's not who I serve. The Jesus that I serve is a lot bigger than I am. And he deserves the highest praise. Amen? Amen. Tonight, if you would, just, just stand. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a little something different tonight. Is that all right, Pastor? We're just going to stand tonight. And I think we just take a moment as pastors come in. And just uh, let's just give the Lord an opportunity. I'm going to give you an opportunity to just tell the Lord thank you. For whatever it is. Just tell the Lord thank you in your own words tonight.